TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickback on the OAM Podcast Network, coming to you live from the beautiful Central Atrium in the Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. We are just kicking back, talking sports, talking life. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and the OAMnetwork.com. On iTunes, our logo looks like the old Yo! MTV Raps logo. It's bright fluorescent. You cannot miss it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe to the show. Leave a comment. Leave a five-star rating if you like what you're listening to. Every time we record, we broadcast live on Facebook Live. Uh, you can check out the OAM Memphis Facebook page for all the info on that. Uh, you can check out the show's Facebook page. It's uh, Kickback Pod. Check us on Twitter at the Kickback Nine One on IG the underscore Kickback underscore Podcast. Um, get at us in all ways that you can. Now that we have the business out the way. Uh, I'm not going to introduce my guests. I will let my guests introduce themselves, but I will give you a little background on all of them and what we're doing today. Today is what I like to call the Women in Sports Roundtable. And if you can't tell by that title, we're going to be talking about women working in sports. And so I have assembled with me uh, four dynamic women, three in person and one on the phone, uh, to talk about their lives working in the sports industry. So I will let them start by introducing themselves. I will start to my right with Miss. All right, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my name is Tiffany Morrow. I am a native of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I will shout out North Carolina every chance I get, just so y'all know. Um, I am currently the senior manager of the Grizzlies team mentor program at the Memphis Grizzlies Foundation. All right. Uh, and that brought me into this wonderful city about six years ago. So um, I won't dig too deep in the introduction, but that's me. There you go. That's Tiffany. And we have... Akoya Nelson. Uh, I'm the Assistant Director of Recruiting at the University of Memphis for football, your Memphis Tigers. And I've been here for about 10 years. I went to school at the University of Memphis, so I am Memphis Tigers all the way. And I am Asiana Bay. I am currently the okay. <laughs> I am currently the community engagement intern for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I'm originally from Chicago, but basketball brought me here to Memphis. Got a scholarship to play at the University of Memphis. Tigers all the way. <laughs> what up? Okay. <laughs> and on the phone we have. Uh, are you there, guest on the phone? I am. Hello, everybody. Hi. My name is Shayla Yan. <laughs> Hello, and I am an academic counselor at the University of Georgia. I am an academic counselor for the football team and the gymnastics team. All right. So as you, uh, you've been introduced to our guest, um, and we're going to just jump 
right on in. So uh, it's a roundtable discussion. So I think the way I'm going to start, I'll ask a question and we'll go around and let you guys answer it. Um, if there's anything you want to say, jump in. You don't really, you know, it's, a, it's the kickback. We just kicking back. Just having a good time <laughs> and talking about y'all. So you gave your title and uh, what you do in your respective positions. But uh, what exactly does that mean? So what are the duties that you do every day in your job? Wow. Um, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try to keep it between. No, I'm playing. Okay, that's fine. Um, so primarily I am focused on youth mentoring. The Grizzlies Foundation really has um, dedicated their work to um, making sure that youth in Memphis have a active adult in their lives that really cares about them, supports them, um, wants to make sure that they do well. And so we have a signature program, the Grizzlies Team Mentor Program. Um, always recruiting volunteers, so I'm going to give you my plug. Yep, um, but we got to do it, got to do we it. We match um, three volunteers, um, community members, uh, with a group of six scholars. And we call them scholars because we partner with our local uh, public charter schools. Um, and that team meets once a week, every week for the school year. So we have um, activities and curriculum that we cover. We have our leading curriculum partner, Facing Future, and ourselves, um, where we get much of our content from. Um, and other awesome partners like Theater Memphis are currently wearing our service learning experience. And so um, we basically engage 7th and 8th graders. And so my job is to uh, really oversee that program. So anything from the volunteer recruitment and engagement, making sure that we have great volunteers for our kids onboarded. Um, I do a lot of training. I write curriculum as well. Um, making sure that uh, our kids have what they need when they're on site as well as our mentors. So our Grizzly staff is on site at every single session um, during the week. So I actually spend a lot of my time out of the office at our local schools. And so um, allows me to really engage with a lot of awesome um, individuals. So keeping it brief, that's primarily what I do. So boss is basically. I'll, I'll take it. Boss I'll receive it. Miss <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Akoya. Well, uh, like she said, how much time do we have? Um, like I said, I work for the University of Memphis um, with recruiting for football. Um, I do everything from booking travel for our prospective student athletes to uh, eva helping evaluate transcripts to um, what else? Like so much, so much <laughs> stuff that I can think of. Um, we deal with camps. Obviously, um, pro day that we had, we just had pro day here um, about two days ago. So we had to get things prepared for that. Uh, just so much. I'll think of stuff later, I guess. Yeah, we, we got time. <laughs> you know, think about it. We, if a topic of conversation comes up, then it's, oh, yeah, I do that too. It's going to jump in and say that. That's hey, what happened. Asia? Um, I am the community engagement intern for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I do your traditional intern things, you know, take out the trash, go get the <laughs> But um, I primarily oversee our Tickets for Kids program. Um, we provide tickets to over 100 nonprofit organizations, and they go through me to request tickets, um, help with our game day auctions that um, all our proceeds go to St. Jude and just helping and aiding wherever I Need to. I bet you have some pretty cool bosses. I, I do. They're pretty. Cool. I bet you. I bet they you have some pretty. I bet you have some pretty cool bosses. Yeah. So, so Shayla, what does a what does a academic advisor do? So, 
I mean, like the other ladies on the show, we don't have enough time to talk about all my responsibilities, but um, from the day-to-day things, I pretty much at the University of Georgia set in place academic support for the student athletes on the football team and the gymnastics team. I oversee um, their courses that they take to ensure that they're making progress towards their degree, um, making sure that they're going to class, that they're turning in their assignments on time, um, help them explore majors that they may be interested in studying. We talk about career paths and what that uh, what their life may look like once they are no longer a student athlete or if they decide to go pro, um, what that plan is once their pro career ends. Um, and so I guess that's pretty much my day to day. But um, overall, I think my job is just to ensure that we equip student athletes um, with whatever tools and skills they need necessary to be successful in life and helping them identify what their identity and what their brand is outside of being an athlete. All right. Um, those are pretty different. You guys, I picked you guys. I handpicked you guys okay. because <laughs> there are very, uh, it's four different lanes. Y'all are kind of in different, you're doing, you're all doing different things. And let's just kind of give a, a overview of a different job prospects for, you know, people who might be interested in doing something like this, which we'll get to a little bit later. Um, what made you want to work in sports? What makes you want to be around sports? What made you want to do what you do? Go. All right. Um, so I pretty much spent my entire life in the gym. Um, my father was a uh, basketball coach. Um, he coached high school prep basketball. And so literally, like, day in, day out, I would be with him in practice. We traveled all over the world for games. Um, and so I don't re- actually remember wanting to be anything else but mm. someone in sports. Um, a long, 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 long time ago, I might have, you know, played a little basketball. Uh, okay, okay. Long time long ago. Long time ago. Long, 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 long time, time ago. ago. Um, and so initially, you know, I wanted to be the first woman in the, in the NBA. Okay. That was, okay. That was what we were going to do. Until I realized I probably wasn't that good, mm-hmm. right? And we all so, come to that realization right, at some point. Some people don't, but that's fine. I still think uh, I'm pretty good. Hello. <laughs> that's fine. Go ahead. Girl. Girl do power. that. Do that. Um, and so then I wanted to own a team, right? Um, I just felt like I could be an owner until I really figured out what that, what that really took. Right. A lot of coins that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, I just kind of retooled. I actually was truly inspired at the point in my life in which it really mattered, high school going into college, um, I had some really dope PE teachers. Really? Yes. Um, I will never forget uh, our PE teacher, for whatever reason, disappeared my freshman year um, of high school. And we had a teacher come out of retirement. Okay, wait, I want to just, when you say, you say disappeared disappeared. as in he just left and then come back? Or like disappeared in the criminal sense as to where he was murdered or the person was murdered? (laughs) And or kidnapped. Shout out to Chatham County Schools, North Carolina. Okay. Listen, I have no idea. There are no secrets. No idea. There are secrets in Chatham yes. County. Yes. So all I know is that whoever was supposed to be our teacher that year um, wasn't available. And so they brought back a teacher who had retired. Miss Laughlin, I know, had to be like 80 years old, right? <laughs> but I guarantee you to this day, she can probably take anybody, right? Anybody oh. that I, I can't even think of. And so um, she was in I shape. I, I'm sure I take that challenge. You and Tim I, I will cross her, <laughs> cross her all out of her uh, walkers. Exactly. 
Right, she probably is. I don't know. <laughs> she drunk milk every day. Like, she had so much spunk, so much energy. She commanded the room. And I just thought that was pretty dope, especially because you don't generally see women in those roles. And so then later on, probably junior year, um, another young, vibrant woman came in um, when a position opened. Um, and so I just thought that was really cool, especially because what she did was, um, at the time, the men's soccer team didn't have a coach. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up kind of taking over the team, and they did very well. And, of course, that's, like, completely unheard of, a woman um, coaching a men's team. And so, you know, I was really inspired by that. So um, at that time, I wanted to still coach. I wanted to coach, actually, and follow in my father's footsteps, and I wanted to coach. But I thought, um, you know, being a PE teacher and a coach would be kind of my way to move up. So starting in high school and then um, work my way up. Obviously, being from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, college basketball is kind of a big deal. I've never – Never, never heard, heard of it. Oh, that's fine. Nice. That's I don't. Fine. I don't even know. Up until recently, we were national champions, but oh, okay. We'll, we'll just okay. Kinda, we that's won't cool. talk about that I now. Guess, just I say guess. that y'all let me down. We did. We Let's just say that uh, the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> we'll forever be. The ceiling forever. is the roof. Shout out to the goat. Actually, uh, to sorry, to cut you off, but no, the connections. Yeah. Shayla, you used to be a academic advisor at Chapel Hill, right? Go Hill. What? Yeah, so, What's you know, connections. <laughs> All right, sorry. We'll get to you, Shayla. Be quiet. Um, but, yeah, oh. so that was, kind of, that was kind of where I thought I would start until I actually got into school and realized I had absolutely no desire to be a PE teacher. Um, but I was going to finish that degree, though. Uh, and so really decided I wanted to work in, in professional sport. And so I actually volunteered for um, a project, a, a basically organization that we had on campus called Project Effort. And it basically brought in young inner city kids into our gyms and we worked with them. And the idea was to utilize sport to build character. Mm-hmm. And I thought that idea was truly fascinating. And so I was like, there's got to be some way to tie in you know, sport, working with youth, community, like that's what I really loved. And so um, after uh, grad school uh, at St. John's, shout out to St. John's University, um, basically decided I wanted to pursue uh, community relations. And so that kind of was was my start. Well, there you go. That got you into, they got your feet wet into the sports, working in sports realm. Yes. Um, I don't want to dig too deep, but I uh, definitely, St. John's is in New York City, if you're not familiar. Um, they haven't been relevant for some time now. So <laughs> Mully uh, going to bring them back. <laughs> yes, hopefully M- so. Mully going to bring them hopefully back. Hopefully so. But the beauty of living in New York City is that I had a lot of um, organizations at my reach, and so mm-hmm. I interned everywhere that I possibly could. And so I had a lot of awesome internships to be able to fill my resume because in undergrad, I was, you know, I got a teacher certification. So that was literally all that was on my resume. And yeah. so um, bounced around, worked for um, IMG in New York, um, did some game day interning with um, the Jets and the Yankees, and then also did an a internship um, at NASCAR in Daytona Beach. And so um, actually first, first job, first gig um, due to connections was at the Cavs. Um, I did group sales at the Cavs. Group sales. Yes, group sales. I think everybody at some point who had a career in sports <laughs> has dabbled in the, yes. the group sales yes. or the sales type situation. Yes. I want to get – Coy, I'm going to get to you in a minute. But okay. What was it like being a black woman working for NASCAR? Ooh. So, y'all want to know the truth? 
Yeah, it was. Yes. it was amazing, actually. Oh, and did, simply did yeah, not expect that. Yep, actually, did not it was amazing. At all. Right, because uh, truthfully, there's so few of us that they thought if this black woman is walking around here, she got to be important. Never mind, I was an intern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I actually, ironically, have no idea why, but I had an office outside of my supervisor's queue. I don't know why that That's happened. That's kind of backwards. Exactly. But I, from that moment, I knew I was destined. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was destined to be a boss. Exactly. And have my own office. Yeah, but it actually was a diversity internship. So what I appreciated about NASCAR is that they were really searching for that diversity. And so I actually wasn't the only black woman interning at that time. There was yeah. a handful of us and, of course, other minorities there. Um, and so we actually really got to bond kind of as a group, and we had that summer experience together. Um, but we actually got to, to experience one of the races that um, was there. And, you know, just, again, like walking around, they're like, she, you know, she got to be somebody important. So they let us in. We're, you know, it's truly an experience. So black folks, if you've never been to a race, um, you know. I want to say don't go. <laughs> you should check it out. I'm going to say don't go to uh, don't go to, don't <laughs> go to Bristol Motor Speedway. <laughs> don't maybe not there, but Charlotte, Charlotte might be a better experience. Shout out you. to Bristol, Tennessee, <laughs> and Virginia. If y'all don't know Bristol, Tennessee, and Virginia, there's a city in Brist- There's a city in Tennessee that half the cities in Tennessee and half the cities yeah. in Virginia. Bristol, it's ah. it's pretty interesting. Um, so Akoya, your career path that led you to be where you are today. Well, um, I guess you'll say, like like she was saying, um, from the beginning, that's kind of all I wanted to do. That's, I grew up playing sports. Um, I grew up watching sports. I guess I had no choice to watch it because that's where my dad watched. So that's, mm-hmm. I'm the only child. Mm-hmm. So what did we do? We sat on the couch. We watched the games. We, you know, Sundays, I knew that at 12 o'clock after church, the Braves were on. Um Six o'clock weekday, the Braves were on, like... So it was baseball growing up? Well, uh, a little bit. I played um, softball, and I played basketball as well. I didn't start playing basketball until I was, like, sixth grade, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, But I played softball, started out T-ball when I was, like, five. So, but that's really all I knew. Like, that's all I wanted to do. I always wanted to be kind of behind the scenes. I was never, like, you know, wanting to be interviewed or anything like that. So... Even this is a little, you know, <laughs> don't really want to hide me behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you know. trying to but, be low-key. But, yeah, um, I know, I think I initially wanted to be like a sports agent. Um, but when I got in college at the University of Memphis, I'll never forget. I cannot remember the professor's name, but he said something to the effect of, like, women and how hard they have it trying to be in sports and then trying to be a sports agent mm-hmm. and what all you have to do. And I don't know if I was discouraged or I was just like, eh, I'm not even going to take that on. Let me just try something else. Um, but I kind of just fell into recruiting um, because I worked, like I said, at the University of Memphis for, as a student. Um, I did some interning and some field experience with marketing um, at the University of Memphis. And there was a position open. Someone was leaving. So I kind of just was like, hey, you know, I think I, I want this position. So I just interviewed for it and I got it. So I've been promoted. Um, a yeah. few times from being there. So that's just what I wanted to do. I just knew there's nothing else I could see me doing. Like, I, I don't want to be a coach um, or anything like of that nature. I don't think I have the coach um, personality. Yeah. But, I I mean, I don't see me being a, a police officer. I can't be um, 
a rapper or a singer, though sometimes I think hey, I can rap a little ours. bit. So I might have <laughs> a trap baby. album coming out. I think y'all should um, check it out because <laughs> I already took my photos for it. What's so. the name of the album? Um, th- we're working on the name. Okay, my it bad. May, I don't... It, may, it may be a self-titled album. Got you, um, got you, got you. But I don't know yet, but everybody knows I have bars, so... Everybody know. Yeah, everybody hey, knows. Everybody so that just means that we're going to have to have a cipher at the end of this show. I mean. You know what I'm saying? I didn't uh, say they were my bars, but somebody you know, bars. Yeah. Somebody bars. We can play some Tupac and I got y'all. So, Asia, um, how did you get here? For me, growing up, I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Like, sports was just something I did for fun just because my older cousins were doing it or my friends were doing it. Like, I remember when I was younger, my grandpa actually made us a rim out of a crate yard. Of course. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, I didn't so. have that. You never played basketball with a crate? No. Well, I take that back. Maybe I played bougie basketball. Is that what you call it? Because, I mean, I played outside, mm-hmm. like, for real, but we never played. I never played with a crate. Like, I guess I remember... My uncle or someone buying a, a goal or something. Now, see, like, we uh, we never had the crate at my house. Like, we had the real goal at the house. Yeah. We went to a summer camp. We used to go to the summer the camp, crate. and they had the crate on the fence. Like, that means it's shot, and, though. And, <laughs> and you, had, you were playing with the ball that was bigger than the crate, so you yeah. really couldn't make a shot. That's, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But it, it helped with the form. True. It helped, mm-hmm. it helped, it helped the form go. Mm-hmm. So that's but, what it um, is. Yeah, that's how I remember sports growing up then. Come middle school, all my friends played. My specific sport is basketball. I never played anything yeah. else. Ran track, didn't work out. I did good, but I just, you know, didn't enjoy it. Um, so I didn't get serious about basketball probably until seventh or eighth grade going into um, high school. Didn't even know, like, it was possible for you to get a sports scholarship to college. Right. So sports was never just really, like, from the beginning. Um so once I got serious with it and I started getting college scholarship or offers for scholarships and everything, I'm like, okay, I really enjoy this. I don't do really think do anything else really like ball is life, y'all know. Right. <laughs> true, true, really true. Is life. Still so, life. Yeah. Um like now I'm just figuring out exactly where I wanna be. I know it is in sports. I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now, but um Getting here, I would say it was kind of hard. Coming out of college, not having really any job experience. Mm-hmm. Like my first job out of college, I was serving tables just based off. My friend worked at a restaurant. She like, okay, you can come here. This can be on your resume. Um, and then once I started looking for jobs in the sports field, I was only looking in Memphis. But um, my mom encouraged me to look outside of Memphis. I ended up getting a scholarship. Er, scholarship internship in Atlanta with the Atlanta Hawks really enjoyed that once that ended I came back here applied for the Grizzlies and here I am yeah and you like I said you probably got some amazing bosses and people that you work with over there (laughs) so uh Miss Miss Shayla Miss Yan how did you get to uh your position down there in Athens Georgia um well I had kind of had an unconventional pathway to this career path because um, growing up I really wasn't into sports I that wasn't really kind of I guess my hobbies or things that I was into a little bit in high school but um, Jamal and I are connected because we went to Arizona together 
And I fell in love with athletics when I got to Arizona. And I actually interned in their public relations office and did like community relations work, but studied education. And so um, when I finished up my time at Arizona, I was trying to figure out a way to marry the two, education and sports. And I, at that time, had no idea that there was such things as academic counselors. I knew that senior athletes had tutors and study hall, but I really wasn't sure. I had no knowledge of this career path. And so um, I took a little detour and I taught third grade for a year and decided that wasn't a good fit for myself. And so I started pursuing other um, career paths and in that I got into grad school at Kansas State and that's kind of where my career began as a GA working as an academic counselor at K-State while I got my master's and I worked with the football team and the track team there. Um, and then after I graduated from K-State, I took a full-time position at UNC Chapel Hill, also working with oh, yeah. football. And I did a little bit of work with the wrestling team in my time there um, and just wanted to continue to expound on my work experience and work in different conferences and work in different programs. Um, in my time at uh, North Carolina, the Tar Heels football team actually had a pretty good run, two good seasons. Um, but miss kind of being at a football powerhouse school and um, my sister runs track for LSU and knowing that the SEC um, is a tremendous sports conference and so wanted to kind of get experience um, in a bigger conference and work with a powerhouse football team is kind of what brought me to UGA and just kind of exploring what I want to do. Um, I definitely enjoy what I do with my in my career but um, in working as academic counselor, um, it opens my eyes to a lot of different areas that um, I want to explore. And so I have an interest in being a high school AD. I have an interest in um, creating a consulting business that really kind of helps student athletes with the recruiting process and kind of help build those skills and tools that they need to have a smooth transition into what it's like from going from a high school athlete to a college student athlete um, and so that's just kind of my path. Like I said, it's unconditional, unconventional because I wasn't an athlete. And many people who work, especially in college athletics, are typically former athletes um, because typically programs do a really good job of keeping their student athletes in house and giving them career opportunities once they're done being student athletes or playing professional. And so I'm kind of the outsider, if you will, because I, I'm not coming from a student athlete perspective, but I'm, I truly come bring an educator's perspective to my job. I remember Shayla when she was a wide-eyed freshman walking around the campus in mm -hmm. University of Arizona, not knowing and where any Duval buildings were. And walked up to me and goes, you look like Kelly Rowland. Oh. She, she did. She did. She did look like Kelly Rowland. Uh, she still does look like Kelly Rowland. You don't stop looking like Kelly Rowland. Um, but no, yeah, like uh, being around, like I said, I've known, we've known, known Shayla for a while. So being around her and seeing her grow and take two different aspects of sports and grow it's pretty interesting um and i feel like a proud older brother are you are Aww. you're a good older so brother. <laughs> now thank you so we're going to open up we won't do the whole like you 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 thing just questions anybody can answer whatever um what are some common misconceptions of women working in the space that you guys are working in if you feel comfortable talking about it. I mean, because I feel like I struggled with doing this because 
as a man, I've been checked for my male privilege many mm-hmm. a time, and mm-hmm. especially in this last year, mm-hmm. by uh, close friends and others. So, like, I was like, if I'm wondering if I'm asking the question wrong, am I asking, like, am I just talking out my ass on some things? So, does that question make sense? Like, are there are there misconceptions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the kind of the struggles that you guys face being women working in a predominantly male sport. I guess that's the best way to answer the question. Ask the question. I think that. A misconception is that, like, they think you don't know what you're talking about or they think you don't know anything about sports. Um, I guess the favorite thing for me, I love when a guy's like, it's normally a male, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's normally a man, um, that kind of talks about something that happened in sports or, you know, speaks and thinks that he's right, you know, but he's, he's, because he's saying that because he doesn't think I know any better. Or he doesn't think, you know, you know what you're talking about. So all you have to do is, you know, just sitting back. And sometimes it's like, do I want to challenge you and show you that I know what I'm talking about? Or do I just want to let you win this? You know, um, I've always learned to pick my battles. My dad taught me that a long, long time ago. And, like, I think about it all the time. And that's even in the workplace. Um, But I definitely think that's a, a big thing. And also, I guess they think you're in there to be around the men. Mm-hmm. And little do they know, it's very difficult working in that yeah, type definitely. of space. You know, in in my space, it it's like I'm one of two women, so that's very difficult. And then in like a football area, you know, it, it's different. It's, it's difficult. So I think that's a misconception. They think you don't know, and they think that you're there to be around those men. And that's the case. Yes, honey, I can. I can attest to that. Our first yes, honey, of the evening. I'm gonna keep I was a, coming right behind. Gonna keep a tally of those. Yes, There's honey. one. Yes, yes, Tiff, yes. What were you about to say? Yeah, I was gonna say it's almost like you have to prove yourself. Like, yeah, that's what's really important. Um, and so. I don't encounter it so much, but it's it's because I've been able to prove myself. Whether you actually, you know, you can play or you'll jump in and pick up game with them, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. off the clock, or you have a few conversations and they're like, "Wait a minute, how you know how do you how know? do you I know don't that?" Say that's from the they think I don't know from the men that work with me. I say that as like random people when they hear about mm-hmm. what I do. Yes, that makes sense. Well, I've you know encountered it with with you know Anybody. coworkers, yeah. right? Just of of course being. Um, one of very few women in that environment, you, you have to have some connection almost, you know, and so um, that's definitely been my, my experience. And so also speaking to, you know, they assume, you know, you're just trying to be around the men. I try to stay as far away as right I possibly can. Like, I don't want, you know, I promise you, I don't want that life. So they think <laughs> that you're trying to get what the kids would say, chose? Hello. That's what they do. That, that a come up, you know. A, a come up. But, no, that's not that's not that's not what I'm trying to do here. Right. This is business, um, and so again, in, in in some sense, you have to prove yourself in that space. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're working in a in a department like community engagement where you have close proximity to players, or you know, and these are you know some big name athletes, maybe. Mm-hmm. At some point, <laughs> there know. were they, big you know, you know, you know. Uh, uh, at some point, no shade, uh, shade given. Uh, but yeah, um, also I, I think just the while we're on it, like g- the general misconception of women, especially as a black woman. Mm-hmm. So in some spaces, you really have to to 
command the room, you know, yeah. uh, make sure that your <clears throat> presence is, is made, made known, but you also have to be careful about how that comes off. Right. So, you know, God forbid you be the, the, ang- <laughs> the angry yeah. black woman. Well, that was, that <laughs> yeah. was about to be They love next. that one. <laughs> love it. Shayla or Asia, y'all got anything to add about misconceptions? Um, I yeah. Agree. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shayla. We're going to get you first, and then we'll bring Asia in to end it. Okay, so um, I, you know, can echo what everybody else um, has to say because I think one of my my biggest challenges when I first got in this career was I didn't have a ton of age separation between the players that I worked with. And so it was very important to set boundaries and withhold those boundaries because they will try it. And so um, I think that is one of the misconceptions. Um, Working in academics, though, um, it's not... Um, foreign or unfamiliar to see a lot of women in that area in athletics. I mean, I think when you think about educators, stereotypically, you you think of women as nurturers and educators. And so um, I don't think that as a woman being in academics, I am succumb to a lot of misconceptions. I think what I do as a profession, there's a lot of misconceptions about how we assist student athletes, what our work really is. Do we put them in easy classes? Do we do their work for them? We don't hold them accountable. Um, I think there's some misconceptions about kind of just what academic counselors do and a misconception that we're not needed as a support system for (laughs) the population of student athletes. Um, But I also kind of feel in my area, a little bit contrary to being a black woman is, is we're almost coveted in this field because Mm -hmm. When you think about recruiting parents and players, they want black women, they want black men, they want those student athletes, especially those revenue sports, to see people that look like them in the area where when it comes to like academic support. And so um, I don't necessarily, um, I think, have a misconception, there's not misconceptions about that, but I think that it's really something that has been favorable for me is that um, when I've interviewed um, especially for working with football, they typically want an African-American candidate. And then it helps if you're a woman because you can make those connections with moms and you can make those connections with families. And, you know, they they utilize us a lot, a lot in recruiting. And so I think kind of being a black woman has been of a favor to me working in academics specifically. Well, all right. That's, uh, I mean, when you think about it, that's when when I was working on the college staff, that was very something. That was something that we very much did a lot of. If we knew we had a player coming on campus, we knew the right academic advisors to take them to, the right professors to take them to, the right dorms to take them to. Actually, when I was an undergrad, um, Coach Olson dubbed me the uh, recruit party, re- recruit entertainment coordinator. Of course, because I was the one that knew where to take him for the right to show him the part, the Arizona that he would be going to. Uh, but you know we did all of that stuff as well with the with the uh, with the advisors and that Asia and you. Um, I agree with what with what everyone <laughs> <laughs> with what everyone said. Um, but one misconception being the former athlete, say, like you're the former college athlete of the of the crew. Yeah. So what did you have to deal with in terms of that? And former athlete. Yeah, like in how people look at former athletes. Um. 
she's not really doing anything. Like, especially with me being an intern. Oh, you don't, you know, you don't really do anything when actually behind the scenes I do. But what I was going to say is um, they look at you as weak. I'm saying physically. Like with us, you mm-hmm. know, we carry in a lot of stuff. It's so many times I'm walking through the farm and they're like, oh, let me help you, let me help I'm like, no, I'm good. If I, if <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it, Yeah, if I didn't think I could get it, of course I'm going to I actually would like that time. every now and then, and I don't get that too. But one thing with me, if I can't handle something, I'm going to say it off top. Yeah. But if you see me, I'm on my way walking, I'm good. No, I don't need your help. I appreciate it, but it's just like, no, I'm good. So I would say we ha- we have a uh, somebody watching us on Facebook Live who has chimed in with a with a good question. Of it's a did. it's a better take of the question that I had written down here. So anybody else is watching on Facebook Live, you guys want to submit a question to this amazing panel? Uh, please do, and make sure you click the subscribe button on iTunes. If you go to <laughs> iTunes, just go and subscribe to the show if you like what you're listening to. Um, as African American women working in sports, which is filled with more men in the industry. I know there are various struggles and issues that you have to deal with. I am curious to know who has been the most supportive and most detrimental to your success and to the success in your career thus far. Men or women or specifically white men or white women or black men or black women. <clears throat> that question comes from one Tim Jordan, Mr. Mr. State. Tim Jordan. <laughs> well, um, guess I'll go first go on ahead. this one. Go ahead. It kind of touched my spirit. Um, <laughs> The most detrimental would probably be um, women mm-hmm. of European descent, in my case, mm-hmm. um, that are older than me, that may have been around but haven't progressed as fast or as quickly as I did or who don't have the education that I do. Um, I feel like, you know, they may have done everything in their power to try to hinder what I have going on and I'm the type of person like I don't mess with you and I don't like to be picked with so it's like it's hard to be professional when someone is is doing that it's hard to maintain and not and me I have a little bit of a temper so (laughs) if you keep messing with me like that's gonna make me want to come at you you. like i'm gonna sometimes you have to sometimes you have to check them so that they can get their mind right for a few uh months until they want to start acting up again and then you come back and check them again like we can play this game if you want to like you know leave me alone worry about you your little family what you got going on and while you're still here in this position and if i want to grow and progress beyond this place let me do that right my check does not reflect your check and you don't sign mine. And it's normally the people who are on your same level or people you have surpassed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never, you know, I've never had a boss that, like, tried to bring me down. And I will say that the men that I have worked with, I've been fortunate to work, fortunate enough to work with, like, some amazing coaches. Um, and they've always wanted to help. So it's never been anybody like that. And even there are two or three women right now that are um, – above me mm-hmm. in, um, I guess you would say, in their careers, they're a little more advanced and they're very helpful. Um, but you do have those women who don't want to see the black girl mm-hmm. do anything or the black girl progress or the black girl win, you know, because that's the mindset that they have. Like, it's not my fault y'all had the little 45 voting session. That's not <laughs> my fault. 
<laughs> let, let me grow. Let me progress. It's not my fault you didn't get these degrees. Right. It's not my fault that you didn't come in in this era to get promoted. Right. So let me live. Don't mess with my checks or I'm going to have to mess with Don't you. Don't mess with my money. That's money, it. That's all I ask. Money, money is a... Checks and family is, are two different hello. things in my money life. Money is a major motivator. <laughs> Do hello. not mess Shout with my checks. Shout out to the fam. But so that's what I get it from. Anybody, like, anybody else? The biggest uh, supporters, biggest detractors, biggest. Uh, what question do I have right here? Like, uh, yeah, we'll just say with that. The, like the people that helped and the people that have been you think have been holding you back. So um, I don't know if I really feel like that I've had people try to be a hindrance to my career, but it's just kind of that energy that you get, mm-hmm. right? So the reality is, especially working in professional sport or the business of sport, there's not many women, and most of us are used to that. Mm-hmm. By, the, by the point we've gotten to, you know, where we are in our careers, we're used to that. And so sometimes I think, honestly, we can get protective of our space. I think generally there's an understanding. If I know that there's a woman that's working in sports kind of in my space, like I have an understanding. I think it's something that we have in common. It's just kind of an unspoken thing. Like, I get it. I got you, girl. You do your thing, and I'm going to do mine. Um, But sometimes you're not as well received as I think, especially coming in, being the new new girl on the block. Um, you know, I think, you know, as women, we're, we're, we can be territorial, we can be easily threatened. And so I just, you know, didn't really get great energy from other women. I'm usually often um, embraced a little bit more by men in a general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's because there's a lot more men around. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try to make sure that, um, that other women, you know, in our space feel feel confident. I think, you know, I'll say in our department, we probably have, you know, a large number of women compared to other departments. And so um, we're all very busy and do our own thing, but it's important that women feel like they're comfortable and that they have a resource. They have somebody that can go to, especially being a woman in this field, because there are things that, you know, I may have encountered that I can talk you through um, and kind of share my experiences. So you don't have to go through that, that same thing. But um, I haven't always gotten that great energy um, from other women who are a bit more seasoned um, in their careers. Seasoned, I like that word. Old. Or should we call them old <laughs> and miserable? Old, and the miserables. I hope not. Should we go there? No, should, no, no let's, let's, not. Not. let's not. That's the next podcast. <laughs> um, me, my biggest supporter would probably be my mom and uh taking a turn for things I think I have been the most detrimental. Oh, okay. Let's get introspective. So just, yeah, I like that. Um, I think I hinder myself, like when I was going through my job search pro- process, just being a former athlete and not really having a lot of experience. It was some jobs that I wouldn't apply for based on that. Like, well, they'll pick somebody who has more experience than me or mm. they'll look at my resume and see I don't have this, this, or that. When, oh, you're uh, better than me. <laughs> you yeah. are better than me. Yeah. I, and, <laughs> and then it was a thing with me, like um, my comfort, my comfort zone. It was some jobs I wouldn't apply for because it was like Memphis has become my comfort zone just mm-hmm. because I know people here now. Like my resources are here now. So I was basically just looking for positions in Memphis. When my mom, on the other hand, she's like, stop being so down on yourself. Like you still have 
some things that other people don't. You don't know how people, you know, are looking at resumes and what exactly they're looking for. And you do have a lot of experience with being a former athlete. You have some attributes that some people some people don't. So I would say my mom, that's my yep. bride of You said um, something that really triggered me, and I think it's important. And so Triggered, triggered yeah. <laughs> um, and so really I think we as women, I don't know – you know, to what degree we're going to get to the point where we drop knowledge from experience. But Mm -hmm. um, I think we as women in a general sense, oftentimes will discount ourselves Mm -hmm. in a way that men don't. Um, I don't recall where exactly I read it, um, but there's, you know, basically statistics that show that men are more likely to go after positions they're not qualified for than women. Women feel like we got to have it all together. We've got to have all of the qualifications, all of the experience. Whereas men, and I'm going to uh, specify in, I believe the article said that Caucasian men generally are like, that's a job. I want it. Let me go get it. I was about to do a really bad white boy voice. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Hey, bro. Let me don't, just, don't do it. Don't do it. Apply for this job, bro. You know, and so, you know, I, I can recall doing the same things. Like, I'm not experienced enough for this. You know, breaking into the industry is difficult. Yeah. And so um, I think it's really important that we do kind of take that chance or, you know, really bet on ourselves or make sure that we're encouraging ourselves or going after it. We're less likely to get promoted. Men are more likely to walk into pr- uh, promotions that they are less qualified for um, not just, you know, hiring in a general sense. And so that really limits our advancement. And so we need to get to a space where we're not talking about how we are the minorities, not just in sport, but in businesses across, you know, the country. Like we really need to get to a space where we're pushing the needle. We'll save, you know, women's equality and pay well, uh, for a later date. Right? Well, <laughs> you, know, you know, this is like I wanted to do this show in March because March was Women's Month. Like National Women's Month, and then the schedules didn't work out, and so I was like, you know what, I didn't, I didn't want to let this show fall because of some of the stuff that you were saying, and some of the issues that we're dealing with right now in the country, um, where they kind of, we always say that sports is a microcosm of society, and the things that we, the things that women are dealing with, the things that minorities and stuff are dealing with all around the country, you can always find this stuff in sports. Uh, Shayla, what about you? Biggest supporter, detractor, helper, herder, hindrance, all that good stuff. So. Um, some of my biggest supporters are actually listening in, so I want to shout them out. My family um, is listening in, my mom and dad and my brother and sister. And then um, just that it is like being at UGA, I have such a huge support system from my coworkers and two of them are listening, Colette, Tony and Courtney Gay. Um, And what's so awesome, I think, about my experience at um, UGA is that, kind of what you guys have already spoke on is that women just uplifting women. And um, it's been a blessing to find a network of black women who are excelling in their career, who are excelling academically. Um, My friend Courtney just got her PhD. I mean, like I've been surrounded by a really great group of women who are doing it and are excelling and doing great things. And so it's truly been an inspiration to me because um, it is easy to get caught up and trapped in feeling like I'm a woman, I'm not qualified. And it is very tough, I think, working in a male-dominant career field. And um, you, you will always, I think, just as women, but then even more so probably as Black women, you're going to have to work harder, you're going to have to be smarter. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the detriments 
um, I guess maybe to me personally, is feeling like I have to fit in a box and feeling like I can't be who I am as um, a person or who I am as a professional because I have to fit within the confines of this box or this culture, um, wherever it is that I work. But I also believe that um, I'm, I'm, I've worked where I've worked because I'm a change agent and I do believe in what I have to offer and that whatever that is, is that I can't let it be stifled because it might change the culture or the status quo, what is already going on there. But I believe that everywhere that I've worked, I've been brought there to enhance or to better what is already in place. And so being around such awesome women inspires me to continue to do that because there are days where I do feel defeated in my job. There are days where I do feel defeated in this career and feel like this is not really what I want to do. I got to change it up. I need to do something else. Um, and then as always working in academics and education, you're going to feel undervalued and you're always going to be underpaid. And well, so those say things that, like- Say that again one more time. Let's speak, <laughs> let's speak on that. So I think, <laughs> let's talk know, about a living wage. A, a, a deterrent from you because um, it's easy to, you know, seek after jobs that are going to um, make you gainfully employed and make you good money. And there's plenty of people who do those things. But I think when you have a passion for people mm-hmm. and you have a passion specifically for athletes and what I do student athletes, um, your passion kind of drives and overrides, you know, those moments where you feel underpaid and underappreciated because you're able to pour into, you know, those people and, and you really do impact and change lives. And so, um, I think that we just have to keep doing us and we can't let other people's perceptions or ideas of who we should be in the office stifle who we are. Because I believe that if we were given the position and the job, it's because they saw something in us that will enhance and will contribute to whatever team, company, um, sports arena that we work for. And we got to, we have to do those things because we are trailblazers for young women to come behind us. Come on, and inspiration. If we, right if now. we don't trailblaze, how do we lay the path for other young women, white, black, you know, of any other minorities to be able to have these same positions that we're in and to continue to move up? Um, and so my last shout out is, will be to um, Carla, who is, um, she actually is the AD now at Virginia and she used to work at UGA and just to see her, she's the first uh, black woman AD in the power five conference. And that is just so inspiring to me because she is truly a trailblazer and she's defeated the odds. And so I look to those things in the moments where I feel the most defeated as my inspiration to keep pushing, keep trying, don't give up because if I keep doing those things, I'll get to where I want to be. Well, you just spoke a word, Pastor Amen. Young. <laughs> Jeez. All right. I, I just if I'm I'm keeping a tally on my paper. Um, so the last show we did, I had some I had some I had the dudes who did sneaker fest, and I swear my man Sherm shouted out a hundred people. <laughs> he did a hundred shout outs. So since then, I'm gonna keep a tally of how many shout outs we had. We had right now at this point, we've had about maybe ten. So we're not close we're low, to the hundred, right? and we're still low. So, so are we here? What's up, Mondo? So, so keep, so keep, so keep <laughs> shouting them out. Uh, Tiff, something that you said that, that kind of interested me when you said that um, men, when it comes to the job process, the job applying process, that men just apply for jobs, and you know, just you know what, I see this job, I might not be qualified for, whatever, throw my hat in the ring. 
And I think uh, in this industry especially, a lot of people do that because of connections. Right. And the connections that they have, well, you know, maybe I played this sport, so I knew this guy who knows that guy who could put a word for me and put a word for me over there. And I think obviously for, for women – you didn't play male college basketball. Right. So, you you know, you won't have the same connection to those managers who end up being coaches or to those right. video coordinators who end up being coaches or working in the D League or working in the whatever, whatever. So just the fact that the fact that you guys are where you are right now, not without connections, but not having as many connections or many ways to get into it the way you did, it's, it's, it's pretty inspirational. Um, but I want to talk about your most memorable experience in your job right now, like, and so you know, you work with kids, mm-hmm. and I was I was in your program last year. Shout shout hey. out, <laughs> give another shout. Everybody out. volunteers. Shout out to uh, to, to my guys. <laughs> so you know, um, and you were with the football players, and you with us, and Shayla with the academic. Um, what has been? I don't want to like a success story, but you know, something. What has been your most memorable experience? in your job right now? Um, so I'll go with something recent. Uh, so I have, I can't believe that I've been in Memphis almost six years now. Like, just so y'all know, Memphis was not at all on my radar. I literally came here for the job. I had already accepted the job before I ever stepped foot in this city. I literally had to call the leasing office for an um, apartment, get them to open up on Sunday because I left Cleveland, which I was so done with. Uh, left Cleveland, packed up all my stuff, and was like, we're going to put it in a storage because this is just going to be my new life, wow. right? So knew absolutely nothing about the city. So for me to still be here um, still kind of blows my mind. Um, but since I've been here, I work with youth, right, um, and uh, seventh, eighth, seventh and eighth graders, but also at the, and when I first started, we worked with high schoolers. And so recently went into um, a meeting at our high school. So the program really focuses on seventh and eighth grade. Um, but we try to engage. We're actually trying to create our alumni association. And we really want to engage the youth that we work with in our seventh and eighth grade program to make sure that we, you know, help them see it through, right, whether that's the college career or whatever it is, that those mentors can continue to be a support in their lives. And so, um, so I had a meeting with one of the schools, um, one of the high schools, uh, to talk about engaging the alumni. And so as soon as I walk in the door, I see, and I actually, literally, everybody mentors. I mentored myself, so um, walk it how you talk it, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, I I saw one of my mentees, and so she actually was (laughs) going off black girl and in good black girl magic fashion going off and popping off on somebody I said for real you know she said oh my god so she ran up to me gave me a hug whatever you know and I'm like well I gotta get to this meeting but it's so good to see you so we go in the meeting and and my back is facing the door and uh I see the principal stop and they're like hey you know and I'm like I'm gonna stay focused because I don't know what that is yeah, I don't know what's going and on then right now. yeah and so I finally turned around and they were like you know excuse me I didn't want to interrupt but we heard that you were here and we just wanted to you know come and holler at you so it was some of our old students you mm-hmm. know and so they just the fact that they remembered me that they wanted to take their time to come you know say hello and really talked about the impact the program has had on their lives now as seniors they were middle schoolers and now they're seniors um, in high school getting ready to matriculate to college was just like mind-blowing to me and so to see them um, 
you know, older, more mature, like physically looking different, um, but really feeling like this program made a difference in their lives is really um, a testament to our awesome mentors. But really, you know, like when this work gets tiring and I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah. do I want to continue this fight? Um, you know, it really makes me feel good. So um, really just, you know, again, when our, our kids, we've got kids that have gone on to get scholarships. Um, you know, really changed the trajectory of their lives yep. as a result of being a part of the program and being able to witness that has been really amazing. So hearing their success stories has been great. Heartstrings. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Um, that was so touching, right? How do I come after that? <laughs> I love my baby. Shout out to um, my No, out. I feel like you said a su- <laughs> What what was the question again? Like one of your most memorable experiences. Something that sticks out. Like an experience, a memory that sticks out to you in your working career well um that's a hard one um I guess it would be just seeing the athletes that I work closely with who like I knew them when they were high school entering college like Mm -hmm. when they you know got their offer when they were so excited to have an offer when they were so excited to sign their NLI and then to the point to where because I don't know if y'all know, but Memphis football wasn't that great. Not what? Too long ago. We know. What? Memphis football wasn't know. that good. However, and then seeing those guys like the first, like when we beat Ole Miss, I think it was like two years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just seeing how happy they were, and just seeing them play their heart out, like that always touches me because I know how hard those guys work. Yeah. Like, and then um, last year when we. They showed me something different. Um, normally, I would think like, "Oh man, do we have the heart to, you know, to beat this team, or are, are we really gonna show up and play today?" And then when we were down at Houston, like I don't know, it was double digits at halftime. I cut the game off. Yeah, a lot of people did. I kept watching. And I when stuck. they came back, <laughs> when they came back and beat oh, yeah, Houston, I was just like, you know what? There is not a team in this country that has. More heart than those guys out there. All so, heart, grit, grind. Yeah, baby. so <laughs> when I see that, that's just inspiring, and it makes work worthwhile because I know that they've worked hard for it, yeah. and they brought all that love and excitement to the city. So those are just, like, a few of the memorable moments that I that I can think of that are touching. I mean, others are, I guess, you know, just – seeing them come from, you know, there are some guys that have some very troubled pasts, like Mm -hmm. serious, you know, situations at home, and then they are able to come to a university to where they can get their education, where they are around coaches who care about them and who are, their whole purpose is to make them better. And then they see that the whole staff cares about them. So, and just for them to have the opportunity to either be in the NFL, but obviously we know everybody doesn't make it, but they have that degree to where they can go and do something else. And, you know, the connections that they've made, like there are people that are around that team and that have a lot going on in the city and a lot going on, like, period. Yeah. So they have a lot of coin going on. Coin. And when those guys can make those connections and meet with them and see them be something outside of Memphis football, it's great. For me, I'll talk about some of my most recent experiences. Okay, then. Um, was this 
Was girl summer last week? Last week. Last week's been a long week, girl. So, yeah. Was it last girl, week? It was. it was. Goodness. Yeah. Girl summit last week. Yes. It was um, celebrating the 46th anniversary of Title IX. Um, it, that was just a really, really great experience. I actually, um, some of you all don't know this. Well, none of you all know this, but one of my former teammates, she was actually. Um, able to come back and speak with the girls. Um, she's Muslim and had hopes of playing overseas, but she couldn't because of the hijab that she wore. So her coming back and talking to those girls. Mm-hmm. And um, That's amazing. When, the second day when we did the uh, breakout the sessions, mm-hmm. yeah, she really, I sat in there with her and she really got personal with them. And just for them to sit there and watch and take in everything she was saying, like, in high school, you know, you can get bored sitting mm-hmm. there. She had a video just speaking to them, real talk. She even, um, was it the second group? It was some girls in there that didn't like each other. She like, no, oh, let's, let's you know, get this together right now. See, and it was what? about what? to be your what? See, I, I, was, <laughs> I was about to say, like, you know, dudes is different. We're like, y'all don't like each other? Square up in the middle of the floor right, then. Right. Go, let's, but she was, you let's don't do this. Girls, yeah. right? Let's do this to get it over on with. The, on the fact that um, it's women who bring, you know, each other down. Why yeah. are we, you know, fighting against each other? We want each other to get to the top. So that was just a really cool experience, just being a part of it, seeing other former teammates. I'm like, oh, age, what's up? I'm like, hey. But um, another experience would be basketball one-on-one and read to achieve. Come on like, now. Shout out all the good programs yeah. at the Grizzlies. I, I was so hyped in there. <laughs> Who just, runs them? I do. Come on. Yeah, and just seeing the kids have all that fun. You know, you need a break yeah. from school sometimes. So being able to be a part of that was cool, too. You know, Asia love the kids. That's the uh, the best part of both of those programs is when we do the finales and you do see the kids. I was, I was telling somebody this the other day, like, we take it for granted, uh, the fact that we work at work in the form or we're down there all the time and walk on the court or we do all this stuff, we take that for granted. It's like normal to us. It was normal to me in high school and middle school because I was just in certain groups that would do that. But there's a, a great amount of kids in the city who've never been to a game at the form. Right. They don't care if they sit sitting at the top. At all. They don't care about the no. They just want to be there. Like having them, them having the opportunity to, to play on the court that Mike Conley plays on them or the LeBron James plays on when he's here, like that blows their mind. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, and just coming and, and doing that, um, Shay, before you talk, I want to say for the guys, those who are listening, if you the Girls Summit that Asia was talking about is an event that the Memphis Grizzlies have put on. This is the second year that we've done it. Um, if you go to grizzlies.com or memphisgrizzlies.com, whatever the website is, there's a really good video recap of it. It's one of the bigger, better events that we as an organization do every year. Uh, we touch a whole bunch. We impact a bunch of whole (laughs) uh, middle school girls and high school girls and introduce them to different sports, Um, rugby, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, track, volleyball, like every, all types of things like that that we introduced them to. This year we had a couple of Olympians, um, former Olympians show up for soccer. Tamika Ketchins, we're here for basketball. Uh, What's your, what's your OT name? I don't get the name wrong. Kesey. Kesey. Kesey was there and told her story. (laughs) Look, look her up because like her her story in itself is a, is a very inspirational story. Uh, so Shayla, like, what's one of your most memorable? You no, know what? Give me a success story. Give me an athlete who came in couldn't read, 
And then, <laughs> and then by the time he by the time he finished with you, he was that's a he misconception, was, by the way. He was I know, I know, I know. He was he was a straight A student. Well, I mean, they're all still work in progress, so just <laughs> send up a prayer or two for them. Pray for them. Um, but no, I think, I mean, it's hard to, I think, pinpoint one. I think my successes come from seeing them graduate, seeing them and what they do with their lives after they graduate, and then them coming back and saying, hey, I want to get my master's. Will you write me a letter of recommendation? Or they're in their master's program, and they're asking to interview me um, for a paper that they have to do. Um, I think just being at Georgia in such a short amount of time, um, I worked with a great group of seniors and I had two particular on my caseload that were guys that handled business, graduated in four years and was able to, you know, continue on with a second degree. And just um, University of Georgia, I think we, I mean, we have elite athletes and typically, stereotypically, which I guess is a misconception when you think about having elite athletes, you think that they're not very good students. Um, but I witnessed um, a group of guys who really just pulled it together academically and was able to do great things, which was make it to the national championship this past season. And the road wasn't easy. It was tough. There were some hard and long days. There were days where my coworkers and I didn't think, you know, some of our top guys were going to make it. But to just kind of see the resilience in them to pull through and, you know, despite being tired, despite having spent the last four or five months on campus and grueling practices and games and just all the time that goes into being a student athlete to see them pull through, be resilient, get the grades that they need, get the credits that they need, maintain the GPA needed um, and go on and play a hard fought game against Alabama in January was truly, I think, a success story to me because um, coming in as a new person last year, it's tough kind of getting thrown into the game and having to work out, you know, just getting to know students, getting to know the university, getting ready, getting to know the program, the culture. Those are all, um, you know, things that can be challenging. But um, to see my guys, like I said, get the grades that they needed, pass the classes that needed to be passed and make it to Atlanta for the national championship was a huge success for me. You might be a good luck charm because, like, when you was I in, think I am. You was in North Carolina, Carolina, went to the championship game. Like, I mean, I guess you had to leave Kansas State for them to do something in basketball, but that is what it is. Uh, but the boys, the football team was decent while I was there. About but yeah, I got team. to Carolina. Basketball went to the Natty twice. Came here to Georgia. Football went to the Natty, so I think I might be a good luck charm. All right, so you might need to. Uh, you might need to go back to Arizona then because we tripping over there. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to end it. I got two more questions, to, and then we'll end this, this first segment of it and, and talk about some, I don't want to say less serious things, but some more fun things. Um, what's the, um, it's a two-parter. What's the best thing you've learned, and what advice would you give to young ladies that want to pursue a career in sports? Tiff. All right, so... <laughs> I got a lot of advice. Uh, stay hungry, my friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one, I would say be prepared to take risk. Um, I'm big on that. You know, I'm not obviously not a, a native Memphian. Uh, I found my way here by way of many different cities, Cleveland, Daytona Beach, uh, New York City, uh, living in Greensboro, North Carolina, 
a shout out to UNCG, count that one. Um, and so, um, so when I made the decision that I wanted to work in professional sport, I knew that I only had what 30, 30 options, mm -hmm. right? Specifically, um, wanted to work in the, in the NBA. And so I knew I couldn't get tied to a city. You know, I had to um, be prepared to be able to relocate. Uh, if you know anything about community relations, People don't go anywhere. Jobs don't don't, they don't open up. Um, they don't open up. And, and traditionally, yes. <laughs> and traditionally, there's there for many departments are three people, right? Mm -hmm. And so those three people are not planning on um, leaving anytime soon. So there's not a lot of opportunity. So you have to be able to um, get up and move when the opportunity presents itself. And so I took a lot of risks. Moving here, I actually did an AmeriCorps Vista uh, year, where if you're not familiar, you live at the poverty line. Uh, and so you make that sacrifice to serve your um, community. The idea is to eradicate poverty. Um, it's, I, I'll talk about that later. Um, but, you know, just being willing to take sacrifices. I took internships. I took, um, you know, jobs that I really wasn't passionate about. And so being able to be flexible, being willing to take risks, you know, Again, definitely have to shout out my mother again, who paid for my first job interview. Uh, the Cavs wanted me to fly out to Cleveland for an interview before I knew I had the job. Like, and this is, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, on my own. Like, they not flying me so out. So they got Skype for it, dog. Exactly. Right. We, can, we, can, <laughs> exactly. we can do that. Um, but, again, they wanted to see that I was willing to, to take that. Right. Take that um, sacrifice and make that commitment to be there. And so, you know, I did it. So I think that's really, really important. Um, the other thing I would say is not as glamorous as it seems, okay? Right. I think I need everybody to know mm. that. Every um, male and every, female. Right. It That's is, for this everybody. is not. <laughs> this is for everybody. I think everybody. It ain't agree. the glitz that you We've think. already talked about, you know, the pay. The reality is everybody wants this job. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to work in sports. Everybody wants to people do what aren't we passionate do. about it. Exactly. People with, you know, good credentials, people that can afford to live on nothing, people mm -hmm. who are just, you know, super interested in this work. They're willing to do it for less. Um, and so the, the pay is not great. The hours can be very long. Mm -hmm. um, the work can be very grueling. And so it has to be something that you are truly passionate about. You really have to love this work. You have to be committed to it. Otherwise, you'll come in and you'll realize real quick that that, you know, excitement wears off after those first few games. And especially if you're not having a good season. What? That's when it gets real. <laughs> um, when they're asking you to be a part of the stands, you know, <laughs> not because yeah. you want to be. Um, yeah. So you really, really have to be committed to it. You have to know this is something that you really want to do, um, and this is work that you're gonna love. Well, that was that's some good advice. Yeah, Miss Koya, uh, Koya. Uh, you can, that's not you're real comfortable with me. Okay. <laughs> only, people, only people who are comfortable do that. That's what I'm saying. My bad. Yeah. It's like, it's like I try to like, fix it. Yeah, I don't care. To, <laughs> um, I don't know about advice. You like the best advice that I have for you. Kind of what she said. I mean, you just gotta be prepared for those hours. Like you gotta be prepared to not have that pay that you want initially. Like it's it's not you're not coming out and making what an oral surgeon is making coming out, you know, just because those players make that. Or that, a teacher. Or, <laughs> let's be well, clear. Or an e-gamer. Or an NBA 2K right. I'm going to have to step away from the table you're on that not, one. You're not going to make that, bro. I didn't know we were doing that yet. <laughs> you're not, I mean, you're going to put in those hours because they want to see you do the work. They 
I would say the best advice that I have for anyone who's trying to get into the business would be to definitely get the experience because Mm -hmm. they don't care about all this other stuff. Like, they want to know that you were out there working for free. You were interning. You were getting your field experience here. You had 160 hours here. You had, you know, they like to see, I guess, the different places that you worked as well um, and that you're versatile and can adapt to, I guess, any and everything because when things happen in football, like it doesn't always go as mm-hmm. as planned. Um, I'm guessing that would be the same with mm-hmm. basketball or any other sport. Like you got to adapt. Like we have an itinerary, but it doesn't always go that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if someone is ready to go at this point, if, you know, uh, there's a visitor and they're unhappy or they look unhappy or they look halfway bored, like you got to change it up and, and make a move. Um so I would definitely say be ready to adapt to different situations. Quick on your feet. Me. Yes. Um, my advice would be to network as much as yeah, you can. Um, that's huge. I didn't realize the importance in that at first, especially starting off in college. I was kind of shy, new city, didn't really know anybody. But I'm happy that my coach, she continues to push the shout out. MM. Um, but all the jobs that I've had thus far have been based off of connections that I've had, whether I knew it or not. Like my internship in Atlanta, my supervisor, she knew me, but I didn't know her. She went to University of Memphis, uh, Bleed Blue. But um, <laughs> uh, somebody probably count that too. Yeah, let's well, shut out. Go, um, Tigers, go. Yeah. Some more advice I would say. Um, be ready to make sacrifices. Um, whether that's family, like I could have easily went back to Chicago, be with my family, but long hours, time I don't get to visit as much as I want to. Of course, pay, as everybody's saying. Um, but yeah, so I would say networking and be ready to make sacrifices in a like it's easier to do that when you're passionate about it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if this was someone who really wanted to do banking or wanted to do something else. Like, just don't even get in this business and take up jobs right. for other people who are passionate yes, about it. Right. Or the yes. other hundreds of jobs I may have applied for in my past. Okay? <laughs> like, go be a teller or do whatever you want to do. Like, don't try to get in here just because you like watching it on TV. Because it's not that. You think it's going to be glamorous. It's not that at all. Uh-huh. And, like, when you don't get to go home for a certain weekend or for your cousin's birthday party or during my birthday is in August, by the way. Um, that's always the first week of football season. Right. So there's no, like, long trip kicking it, let no. me go no. out of town. There's not that. So. You're going to get a couple hours, like, and you, I can't get that you'll drunk. You'll get a day, I gotta, barely. Because I got to wake up in the morning. Exactly. Right, early. you'll barely get a day. Like, yeah. So if I'm lucky, it's the weekend before, and we have, like, it's not the first game. But if right. it's the first game, it's a wrap. Yeah, I think I heard somebody say something like, um, the the sport industry is the rest of the world's entertainment, right? Mm. And so when everybody else is off, we're on. So yeah. you think about those Thanksgiving Day games those holi- and those holiday games, Girl, those Christmas games, 
Right. Thanksgiving gets you every time, you know. And so, um, just knowing again, Black Friday, no, no, like, Black Friday sacrifice. Can't get your online though. No right? shopping. Now, now, now you got the online. Well, it's not even resting up after that Thanksgiving food. Like it's Amazon. like, let me go home for Thanksgiving and then let me get on the road at six a.m. so I can come back yep. and be here for this game, this eleven o'clock game on right. CBS or whatever we're playing on. That's what I did when I was uh, at Arizona. I would be home for Christmas for three days. I would come home on the 23rd, be here the 24th, the 25th, and then leave the 26th. Not in full three days. I'd be, be home for two and a half days. Shayla, what about you? Any advice, uh, words of wisdom to give to young ladies who are thinking about having a career in sports? Marry rich. There is that. Not- That's it. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> But not an athlete. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's be clear. Don't mess it up for us. <laughs> don't mess with it. Don't, don't jeopardize your career now because you do got to have your own coins. But there ain't many. So, Mary Rich, no. But um, everybody has already given such great answers and, you know, all that I would agree with. And so, I, I think just I maybe more specifically working in academics is um, – Start early. Start if you work at uh, or if you go to a college, a four-year college, a community college that has an athletic department and they need tutors or mentors or um, kind of any of those real entry-level positions, start early because, um, like everyone else said, the the key to the sports industry is not always what. Nope. So it's about making those connections early because – Somebody somewhere knows somebody that can get you a job. Yeah. And so the earlier you can get in front of these people and show them your work ethic, that you're a person of integrity and character, and you can handle working in an industry because it's not easy. And I think people, um, I guess this is probably something I should have answered earlier as far as the misconceptions is, working in athletics is not all glitz, glam, and fun. It's not. And I mean, it's a grind. Doing this type of work is a grind. And so... While there are its perks of attending sporting events, going to games, getting tickets, you know, having, you know, a professional relationship with some high profile athletes or coaches. I mean, I guess that's a benefit, but it's still a grind. And so um, the sooner you can get in and kind of get an understanding of what really is going to be required in that job, like you said, then you figure out if this is something that you really want to do. And if it's not, don't take up jobs for people who truly are passionate for it. But get your foot in the door early and you can't be um, too proud to start, you know, doing the grind work, being a mentor, being a tutor, um, doing GAs and internships that may not pay a lot of money. I mean, those are truly this industry is a stepping stone industry. And you kind of got to start at the bottom and work your way up. Definitely. And the further you work your way up, the more coins you'll see. But you got to be willing to grind and. Don't get confused that it's all glamorous and fun. And, you know, just like you said, the stuff that you see on game day. No, there's a lot of hard work that goes behind putting on that entertainment for you on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. So just have a clear understanding of what you're getting yourself into and build a network of people. Because, like I said, it's not always what you know is who you know. And the more contacts you have, the more likely you are to get different job opportunities. And who knows you? Right. Uh, So we're going to take a. That was excellent advice. Thank you, ladies, for that first uh, this first segment. It's been really good. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back on the other side. So we, we've talked about you guys, none of you guys being native Memphians, the three of you guys living in Memphis. Uh, Shayla, you're in Athens. Um, 
I want you to take me on a tour <laughs> of your hometown, right? Oh. So we're going to take a break. I want you crazy. to take, we're gonna, we get to spend 24 hours, 24 hours in your hometown. Take me to where you would go, what you would do, how you would spend 24 hours in your hometown. We're going to do that when we come back, right back on a kickback. Let's take a quick break. Let OM help you get the word out on your service, product, or endeavor. Email info at theoamnetwork.com. <laughs> hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hold on. Okay. I guess I need to scoot it. All right. We are back. We are back. We are back uh, on the kickback. And like I said before we went to break, we're going to take a, a quick virtual tour to uh to these ladies hometowns so tiff we're gonna start with you take us you got 24 hours to take the kickback and his listeners to your spots in chapel in charlotte chapel hill, chapel hill. in chapel Not hill <laughs> in chapel hill where we going listen 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 i i really hate to say this but I haven't lived in Chapel Hill for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> a real long time. Um, I, I probably know way more about Memphis um, okay. at this point than I do um, Chapel Hill. But right. if I take you, take you home, because it still is home, mm-hmm. I'm going to take you by the house so my daddy can cook for you. Okay. That's pretty much all you're going to want, right? Um, he's going to cook for you. Of course, uh, if it's basketball season, the one thing you have to do um, is experience. I'd say a UNC game, namely UNC Duke uh, game. So that would be when you want to come and why you want to come. Exactly. Um, but I actually am from Chatham County, which is uh, the country, Uh as of recently, not so much country, very much so suburban uh, area. Um, but truthfully, I, I don't I don't tell anybody, but I am kind of a Memphian. Okay. I'm kind of well, a Memphian. I'm going to press pause on the thing because I told, we'll, we'll just do y'all, we'll do that. Like, so we'll go over here. Let's go to Asia. Chicago. You, we, we go in Chicago, uh, flying into O'Hare. You picking um, us yeah, up. Sorry. We're gonna go to Midway. Okay, okay. flying, <laughs> flying in the Midway. Stop. Stop yes. Airlines. Flying in the Midway. Yeah. What are we doing? So I'm a foodie, right? So we're going to all the food places. It's the, I still go to the same places when I go home. Now, first stop, John Smith's Kitchen. That's my grandpa, and he can whip it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going. Whip we it go, up like it's some stir We're going to. <laughs> people might hate me for saying this, but White Castle. Let me let what? y'all know. White Castle is not the same as Crystal's. Okay, it's, it's not. It's very. Let them know then. It's very different. It's fine. We're going to White Castle's. We're going to Giordano's Pizza, deep dish pizza, not your traditional G- deep dish. This is Chicago deep dish. Okay, what's the what's the difference? <laughs> what's Julia, the difference? Right? Food, cheesy. Food networking for me. What's the difference? Cheesy and saucy. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Thick crust. All right. Uh-huh. Well, like deep dish crust. Yeah. So it's like. Crust. If you can't see, well, right. if y'all listening, she, if you Crust. imagine you're putting your hand like this here. But yeah. Where else? Harold's. Now, you can't go to every Harold's in Chicago. Uh huh. Is that? You gotta go. What's that? Chicken and waffles? Chick- no, it's not chicken and waffles. It's, it's just, just a chicken, chicken. Just a chicken just spot. Chicken. Okay. You have to go to one on the south side. Mine is 91st and National. If you guys go to Chicago, that's the Harold's you wanna go to. Okay. Um. <laughs> 
Yeah, we can go downtown. If it's summertime, we can hit up the lakefront. Okay. Go, summertime. go on to Mill- right. Millennium Park. Get pictures with the bean as everybody sees. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Where else are we going? Um, to a kickback. That's what we call it in Chicago. And you know, here, what, what y'all call it here? A set. A set. Mm-hmm. A set. We're going to a kickback. That's so, no, we ain't going no club. We just going to go. No, I didn't, I didn't know kickback it was a set. Sort of thing. I only huh. know one set. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Shout out yeah. to uh, yeah, just kicking it. Zeta, <laughs> shout out to the Zeta Theta chapter Alpha Phi Fraternity Incorporated. What's up, Mama Cry? Twelve, 12, 12 years in Alpha. My crossing anniversary. But listen, Delta days Sigma ago. Theta Sorority Incorporated is a non-hazing organization. So is Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. We should, <laughs> we we look down on you hazers. We are not hazing. I don't, I don't know anything. And I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about. Sorry to interrupt. Any, any no, it's fans. okay. It's I was fine. pretty much done. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's Chicago. All right, Shayla. Shayla, you there? I'm here. Okay, there we go. We we headed to Denver, so we flying into Denver. And uh, where we going in Denver? Now, I would like, this is, I call Denver, before you start talking, I call Denver the uh, the light-skinned capital of the world. <laughs> what? It's so many light-skinned people in Denver. Really? Oh, be quiet. <laughs> I don't even know how to be even been to Denver. It's just so many light-skinned people in Denver. Will that's I the, be accepted that's the, there? That's the, <laughs> oh that is God. the mecca of light-skinned people, <laughs> let me tell you. So, all right, Shayla, we pull into Denver. We we land at the airport. The airport that's an hour away from the city. Uh, what are we doing? Okay, wait. First of all, <laughs> Denver is my home, but I haven't lived in Denver in like over ten years. So oh I will oh. shout out Denver, and I will shout out you know some great things about Denver. But I actually prepared and shout out to my friend Colette. Hopefully she's listening to give you a tour of Athens because I'm trying to embrace this as my new home. Okay, so, all right. I'm Take us to Georgia. Both, you like if you will if you land in Denver, um, I'm probably taking you to all my favorite Mexican restaurants because oh. from leaving Denver and moving to the Midwest and now to the South, I cannot find a good Mexican restaurant. You won't. And it really you won't. Frustrates me. I've been to different. And so like, and I don't believe Tex-Mex is real Mexican. Oh, like I guess I have a very tight opinion <laughs> of what Mexican food is because in Denver. We don't do Tex-Mex. We do, like, right. smothered burritos with green chili. And I can't even find that anywhere. Chili Rellanos. Like, so I love We Mexican got it in Memphis, food. girl. So I need to come up. Him. Jamal has never invited me to Memphis. So. That is a lie. Ooh. That is a lie. You are not going to come on my show telling these falsehoods. <laughs> that is what's not going to happen so tonight, Jesus. I invite to come up to Memphis to try some Mexican food. But um, if I take you to Denver, the Colorado Rockies is beautiful. So I'm probably going to take you to the mountains. Um, if you're black, I don't know if you ski, so we may not hit up a ski resort, but if we go in the summer, um, they have great jazz festivals up in the mountains. Um, if you come, you might need a can of oxygen because the altitude is so high that a lot of people get nauseous, um, have headaches because they have a hard time breathing. Um, but I do want to shout out Athens and Colette because she brought up this beautiful, elaborate virtual tour of Athens for you guys. And so... She told me for 24 hours, I need to take you to North Campus. The North Campus at UJ is very beautiful. Much like Chapel Hill, UJ is a very hilly campus. Shout out. And so I will shout out UNC Chapel Hill. I got a little jab to take at UNC because <laughs> Colette informed me that UGA is the first um, public institution, not <laughs> UNC. Um, but uh, North Campus that. is beautiful. Fact check. 
they have um, these arches and one of the traditions at UGA is that you cannot walk under the arch until you graduate. And so I didn't believe her and she took me on a tour and literally friends, sophomores, juniors walk around this arch. They will not walk through it until they graduate. And actually I almost ended my friendship with her because I was like, this is dumb. I'm about to walk through this arch. I don't care. <laughs> and she got really upset with me. Um, but um, she mentioned Holmes Hunter Building is named after the first two African-American students that attended UGA. So shout out to some diversity um, and that building. And then, of course, the UGA Stadium football season here is insane. They bring over 90,000 fans here. And so game day is really, truly something to experience here in hot Georgia. And then um, they campus life. So Tate is in the middle. So that's where the student union is. I don't really go around much, but. The downtown life in Athens is actually pretty cool, and it's been noted to be one of the top places to visit in the South before you die. And so there's a lot of great, um, authentic, one-of-a-kind restaurants in downtown Athens. And so I'm going to invite all the people on the show tonight to come visit me in you Athens. You can't tell me that. Football <laughs> we'll be there. Um, and come hang out and have fun with us. I've been to Athens once. It was in 2000 and. We played in the, we played in the NIT constellation games there, and I forget the the strip that we was on. But um, I have heard about the strip. The, whatever the, it the is, pre-se- it was the preseason yeah. NIT. We lost some stu- we lost stupidly in Tucson. <laughs> we had to we had to go to Athens to play. We played in Athens. We played Mississippi Valley State and somebody else. I can't even remember. Um, what about Raising Canes? Quick question: Raising Zaxby's canes? or Raising Canes? Zaxby's. I Zaxby's. Raising Canes. Raising canes. Raising canes. Zaxby's. So much. Y'all tripping? Because listen, <laughs> Raising, Raising Canes. Zaxby's is better than Raising Canes. Yes, Zaxby's is better. <laughs> girl, bye. No, Zaxby's is better. Raising Canes. <laughs> that's my first girl, bye. Raising Canes got the little basic chicken strips. Two okay? yes, honey. That's, that's all I've seen on the little menu. Keep it simple. The bread. <laughs> but if it's good, right? Are you keeping no Zaxby's? You can get the boneless wings, baby. The a uh, big Zach snack meal, like what? Now nah, I can go to Wingstop for all that. No, 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 no. That's the West Coast coming well, out listen, of here. I, the West Coast I was going to say, I'm not even going to engage in this conversation because if we're not talking about Bojangles, we're not talking about nothing. Ooh, so, see, we didn't got we ain't got no Bojangles here. I know, I know about we Bojangles. Got no Bojangles so here. All right, so we we got the we got the out of towners out the way. So now we got the the new Memphians or the adopted Memphians in here. You got your homegirl from North Carolina coming to visit you in Memphis. Where and you got your home, your sister, you know, only, only child. Mm-hmm. So you got your homegirl from Pulaski, Tennessee, <laughs> Pulaski. coming wow. coming to visit you here in Memphis. Where are you taking them? You got twenty four hours here. Where are you taking them? Ooh, do I have to go first? Yes. Where am I taking them? To eat, well, to hang, I'm whatever. definitely taking them to eat somewhere. The thing is, if they want some barbecue, there's so many different places and so many different opinions on barbecue in Memphis. I like certain things from different places. Mm -hmm. Um, If we want some smoked wings, I'm going to have to take them to One and Only to get those smoked wings. Okay, then. From uh, One and Only, yes. Now, I'll tell you where I'm not taking them for any real. Should I say that? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. I'm not taking them to Corky's for any ribs. That's what I'm not doing. Yeah, I don't think nobody um, ever eats at Corky's even no more. Well, their barbecue nachos are still pretty decent. Let me just see. Say I that. grew up on Corky's barbecue nachos. When I was when I me and my high school girlfriend used to have our date night at Corky's right on Poplar. 
And, um, <laughs> that's what y'all and, was doing? Because niggas was right. broke back then, true, man. True, you, true, pay, true. you pay $10 for well, a plate of barbecue nachos, you good. Well, I get, yeah, you're right. Uh, but now I have upgraded to uh, we do the rendezvous at the arena. Barbecue nachos, mm-hmm. but I usually do. Central is usually my go-to. Actually, I don't yeah. like the extra cheese on top. Like I don't like the. I, I would much rather cheese, would like, much rather the cheese sauce. Yeah. yeah if, you, oh, if I want to go hood, I go to A and R Big Bills, and then right. we can get some real good stuff going. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm but, taking them when they're here. Hopefully, they will come during football season because I'm going to take them to a football game. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I've um, never been. So I'm just going to fly that in there. You like, need I to mean, come. Like, you know. Girl, it's we have to slide you the schedule That's or something. Fine. Okay. Yeah. So, we're going to take you to a football game. So, what are we going to do? Okay. Let, we're going to say this is a Saturday. Uh-huh. We're going to take you to a football game after... We gotta get some food. I'm probably gonna jump, take you to Soulfish. Like, Definitely I gotta get the two piece catfish basket with macaroni and some fries on the side. That's okay. Cajun catfish lunch. Um, you know, I'll take you to Nine on One Scoops to get some ice cream afterwards. And where are we gonna party? Are we gonna party? Yeah, we might party sure. Saturday night. Uh, if we want to go to the club, I'm not gonna shout it out, but we might go to the club. We probably only have really. I, one. There's only one club. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna say love. You're we probably say, only have one option. You're gonna say love. Or that's pre-day. only if someone comes in town. That's not like a normal. Yeah, Saturday. that's not a normal you thing. Know, what about it's, you, it's, Tiff? It's you got you got you got your people from North Carolina coming. You yes. got you got to show them Memphis. Where you taking? So um, I'm actually really excited. I have a lot of people that are interested in coming to visit. Actually, my line sisters just decided that our next reunion is going to be here. So okay. I'm honored to host them. Um, so I'm putting together an itinerary. I concur. Um, one and only is my top choice. Is it bad that I haven't been to these places? It's not at all. It's okay. not at all. It took me okay. five years before somebody put me on one and only. I just okay. saw Rhodes College coming here, by the way. I've been Ooh. here 10 years. Yeah. Just saying. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. First That's time ever seeing it. That's fine. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but we usually do a barbecue tour. So, I'm, a, uh, you know, I, to me, I feel like all of them taste different. So, you're going to get a completely different experience. So, we will hit Central probably one day. We'll hit one and only. Um, another day. Um, those are my probably top choices. Um, I think we have a lot of awesome museums uh, mm-hmm. as well. So give us, some, give us some culture. Yeah, culture them up real quick. Yeah. So um, the Stacks Museum mm-hmm. um, is definitely going to be a stop if you haven't been there. Definitely check that out. Stacks Museum of American Soul. Uh, we must go to the National Civil Rights Museum. I don't care if you want to go. <laughs> you are gonna go. You're you gonna get to go. this culture today. Okay. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna get this yes. history lesson today. Um so you definitely need to see that and experience um that um I have to take you to Bill Street, right? Yeah. But at an appropriate safe time. You don't always go uh, to yeah. Bill Street. You, you go. <laughs> I would say that's a daytime activity. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, or you can or do night, but you you just gotta know where to go. Right. Where to go and how to get there. Exactly. So you don't want to walk down no. Bill Street at night. You just wanna walk to, to and then yeah. get over yeah. there. That's what <laughs> That's the thing that you want to do. Find over some there. business. Find mm-hmm. some business. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know, I definitely wanna wanna take them um, there. But for the most part, we we're gonna do a lot of a lot of eating. Yeah. A lot of eating. So she was saying she didn't. Um, she hadn't received any like good Mexican. I think that's what she was yeah. saying earlier. Well, let me. My friend reminded me to shout. El Mexical out on Perkins Extended. Ah. Um, they are pretty good. Uh, that's really our girl date spot. Uh-huh. We hit up El Mexical whenever we want some Mexican. Um, yeah, all locations are not the same. Let me just say Perkins Extended is the best. You don't do Happy um, Mexican? <laughs> Happy Mexican really isn't my... Um, 
vibe. Um, <laughs> Good choice. If there are oh, too many, if there are words. too many Americans in the air, if there are too many, um, what's the proper word our do people. I use? If there are too many um, <laughs> European Americans or African Americans in the yeah. Mexican facility, mm-hmm. that is not the Mexican you want no. to eat. You want to eat that good Mexican, those quality margaritas where they're going to pour half of the Jose Cuervo into your glass. Okay, Cuervo margarita. You can't, you know. If I, I, me being the native Memphian on the panel. um, Please educate us. I I mean, y'all have some pretty good spots, obviously. Uh, One thing I would do, I would take, I would have to do Central for sure. well, it's almost like a barbecue tour, like you said. It got right. different, different places every day. Like, if I'm going to do a big one, I'm going to go to Central. If I'm going to do a hole in the wall, like I said, I'll do A&R or Big Bills. Like, Cozy it's according corner. Or Cozy Corner. Yeah. Come on now, Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, Chicago. Come in here. Let us know. And then I'm going to take them to the, uh, to the Nike store. Gotta do that. You gotta go How to the clearance, clearance store or the employee. Stop. Ten years and you ain't come on. Well, I would like to say that the University of Memphis is a Nike um, school. Oh. So well, I mean, some of us are. now. Now y'all got Penny, and Penny is God. <laughs> so who mean, knows what's gonna happen? Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, some so, of us aren't that privileged. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a, if it's basketball season, definitely take them to a Grizzly game. I would I would uh, suggest people come in the springtime and summertime, maybe a- April May, definitely. so you can definitely check out some of the festivals we got. Like this even. This this weekend we got crawfish festival. Crawfish yeah. fest. We got a hot wing fest coming up. We yeah. got uh, another crawfish fest. We got African in April, Memphis in May, music fest, barbecue fest, all of those things, um, which are fun. Which are fun. And the weather at that point is not too miserable, where you can actually have a good time outside. Uh, if I'm gonna go out, we are gonna party. We'll probably go. We'll we'll hit we'll hit Jerry Lee or Tin Roof downtown. Ooh. Oh, the back of Tin Roof or the front of the Tin back Roof. of Tin Roof, okay. the, the, what they call the green room. Okay, we'll hit just... we'll hit the green room. Like I said, I don't venture the other way down Bill Street. That's not really my my I thing. The, I don't go nowhere way. near 152 or anything like oh, that. I don't really mess with Silly Goose because they be racist over in there. They very much are. Um, I might shoot out to Love. I yeah. probably shoot out to Love. And then one of my young boys was telling me about. There's a he said it and it made me think. Listen, uh uh-uh, uh, don't do it. Truth ain't truth. Nightclub ain't really what it is. I mean, is. I don't know. It's not my scene, but <laughs> I'm more of a day party type girl. Okay, like, right. catch me before it's dark because I really have a bad time of like nine thirty. So <laughs> if you catch me like three to eight, like I'm good. We can go to hit a little day party. Mm-hmm. We can go to brunch beforehand. Get a little few mimosas. Where's your brunch the- spot in Memphis right now? <sighs> there's so there's there's a few. Your go to. Um, the best food. I would say it's probably another broken egg for food. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to get a few mimosas, that's not the spot to go unless you're shilling out $10 per mimosa. Um, if you want to just get a little wasted, you'll probably go to Automatic Slims for the little Get the towel. Yeah. Get, get the towel. Yeah. And I have a friend. She loves the, um, what is Majestic Grill Bar? Majestic right. is great. I, have I mean, had, I, I think the atmosphere kind of is like cool on that. <laughs> Like, if I could take Majestic Atmosphere, Automatic Slims, Bongs, and Another Broken Egg's food, let me tell you something. Oh, yeah. uh, mimosa Bongs, uh, <laughs> kickback is a, we don't endorse the smoking of the marijuana. That's fine. I have to, oh, the, right. mo- the most Memphis uh, place of all. 
So I'm an old soul. Okay. So, you know, we haven't really talked about music. How we Girl, you're not about to take us to. You better not take us. You better not say classic songs. You better not take nobody to classic songs. My choice of location is Memphis Sounds. The I new am, or the old Memphis Sounds? I am. I don't know nothing about the new one. It hadn't opened yet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's open. Old Mud Island right now. It's open. I did not know. Yeah, it, was it opened open. about, about a month I was ago. A, I was a faithful. You know, I'm telling my business. Don't be looking for me at, at, at Memphis <laughs> Sounds. That's my spot, though. Um, but I, I have to take. I, that's my spot. Like, love it. Great music. You know, old folks know how to just have a good time. That's they it. do. Like, that's it's it. no like, drama. No, it's no mess. Like, I'm just going to get some good, good music. Entertainment yes. as well, because you can laugh. Definitely. While you're I'm going to just there. throw this in there back to food. Um, <laughs> I take my friends to Ching's when they come. How do we not really? mention any well, hot wing spot? Well, yeah. I'm just. But I will say, well, when I first got here coming from Chicago, you know, mild sauce is the thing. Mm. So I oh. went in Ching's. I'm like, okay, can, can I have I a six mouth? piece with mild sauce? They don't have like, mild like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? That's girl, all. No. Honey, season honey gold is where it's at. Come on, honey I'm gold, honey, honey hot. hot. Like Hit me honey with hot. the honey hot. I'm honey yeah. gold all the way. Honey gold. Side of ranch. Yeah. Can you drizzle some honey gold on my fries? What? Come on now. <laughs> Put, throw some cheese on there. Uh, anyway, the, uh, E, hit the music. We worked on that. We worked on that. I like it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kickback on the OEM Podcast Network. I want to thank my guest, Tiffany, Akoya, Asia, Shayla on the phone. Uh, I want to thank you women for talking to us about what it's like being black women working in sports. I hope that we inspired and um, educated some of you guys on what what it, is, what it means to have careers, um, the kind of careers that they do. I hope you learned something. Um, we record uh, almost every week. But you can catch their recording schedule <laughs> on the Facebook page. Uh, you can catch it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or the OAMnetwork.com. Tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. I want to thank everybody that watched on Facebook Live, man. We had a very uh, involved group of people watching on Facebook Live. So I thank you guys. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do. Uh, like we say every time we record, stay safe, stay woke, keep your head on the swivel, and we are out. Power to the podcast.